Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. Well, I'm just going to open here in prayer and then we're going to share for a few minutes uh, our fourth fourth week we're talking about faith. This week we're talking about uh, faith versus hope. And what is the difference between the two of them? So, Father, we come before you today. And, God, we thank you that we can gather together and worship you in spirit and in truth. Uh, we, we are aware of your presence, Holy Spirit. How many feel the presence of God here? And, Father, we're aware that it's it, it, with your presence that we move forward through life. And we have the victories that we have. So we give you all the glory and all the praise. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to try to see my phone. With all this wonderful sun shining on us here. Um, And so I wanted to talk to you today about faith again. And the difference between faith and hope. And uh, I want to start in Hebrews. A very very common passage of scripture. And one of the things I want to challenge you guys to do. And I challenge myself with this. Is that when we open the word. We always open it and say God give me fresh eyes. How many know sometimes we need to see things with fresh eyes. And here it says in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith actually has substance. It's not just when someone says, I have faith. It doesn't mean they just have a belief system or I just believe. Faith literally has a spiritual substance to it. And it is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. And so that substance or that evidence within us, how many know, and I want you to honk your horn if you know that if you were to die today, you'd go to be with the Lord. Amen. Awesome. I see the lawn chair people doing this with their hands. Uh, And and that is the case. All right. And so, um, you know, here's what the scripture says. Okay, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by faith, the elders obtained a good testimony. I don't know about you, but I want to have a good testimony in eternity. How many want to have a good testimony, right? It's by faith that we have that testimony, okay? And then it goes on to say here, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Okay. And so, so there's an invisible realm, the realm of heaven, the realm of angelic visitation, the realm of the spirit of God. It's invisible to our eyes, but that realm framed everything we see. And my question to you today is what frames your life? Is it the visible or is it the invisible? I want the invisible realm to frame my future, to frame my life. If you believe that, you can honk your horn. (laughs) Awesome. And so I want to say this, that people with faith, people with faith always have hope. But you can have hope and not have faith. You can have hope and not have faith. And so I want to try, I want to just take a few minutes this morning and try to explain to you how, how faith because how many know when you have faith, you can feel it. There's, there's a certain feeling that you get. So I want to give you um, a couple examples. So faith, the Bible says, 
is the title deed of the things that you have not yet seen. The title deed. Okay? Um, so how do you know if you have faith in a certain area? Uh, there's an assurance on the inside of you. You just know that you know that you got something before you see it. And that's how we know we're saved because the Spirit of God and faith work together. Can I hear an amen? amen? All right. So let's look at this here together. All right. I want to give you an example. When I bought my first house, my wife and I went in, and, and many of you in this place have bought a house before. Or if you haven't, you've bought in a car. All right. And so I went in and I purchased my first house. All right. And um, there was an assurance that that house was mine. When I signed the bill of sale, how many, how many remember when you signed on the dotted line? Anybody remember that? And the day I, my wife and I, we signed for our first house and, and we started automatically to rejoice. Yes, we got the house. And at that moment, we knew that the house was ours, even though the closing date was two months away. At the moment that we, we signed the deal, we started to dream. And my wife's like, well, we're going to paint the nursery this way. And we're going to do this with this room. And we're going to put a deck in the backyard. And we begin to dream and we begin to meditate on that which is already ours, even though the closing date has not come. And there's an assurance that it's yours even before you get it. it how many know what I'm saying? All right. And so here's the other thing. Faith says it's settled. I know it's mine. Hope says, if it happens, I'll be glad. I'll be really happy if it happens, but it probably won't happen for me. All right? And, and so, so faith is putting in an offer. How many here have purchased a home? Just honk your horn here. Okay? I'm not going to ask who's purchased a car because we got a lot of cars here. Everybody a honk. Uh, but there's this little thing called, and I don't know if you guys are aware of this. Uh, I wasn't when I got my first house. When I walked in to, uh, to look at the house, we wanted it. There's this thing called being pre-approved, financially pre-approval. You go to the bank and they say, okay, you're approved for so much money, right? So when you go into a house and you put in an offer and you know there's other people interested in the home and you haven't been financially approved by the bank, it's on the condition, the house is yours on the condition that the finances are available. How many know what I'm talking about? And so that's hope. That's, you're walking and say, I really love this hope. And I, I really hope, honey, that the bank approves us. We really would like this house, but we might not get it. That's hope. But if you go in pre-approved, you come in with your shoulders back, say, I'm going to sign this right here and I can move in tomorrow and I've got the money. The bank's pre-approved me. And if they want to negotiate with you, you already know your top dollar. How many know that's faith? So faith is when you've been pre-approved. And when you haven't been pre-approved, that's hope. How many see that difference? And 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 says this, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct, received by the, tradition, the traditions of your father, but you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without spot or blemish. The precious blood of Jesus... The money's already there. You've been pre-approved for the abundant life. Can I hear an amen? Come on, honk your horns if you believe it, right? So, so here, here's what Romans 8 says, verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, 
how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? And so God wants to give us all things. Now, I want to talk to you about that all things. Because how many know context is important, right? So all things doesn't include the Ferrari you want. Or, or maybe your desire is that, God, I'm praying and I'm believing that, uh, that, God, you're going to get me a house in Florida. Well, maybe God wants you to be in Canada. So you have to know the will of God. Uh, you can't just, you know, name and claim whatever you want. You've got to know the heart of God. But at the same time, once you know what God wants for you, you can go after it because you, it's been pre-approved. Say pre-approved. Amen. Isn't that good news? All right. So um, a person of faith has substance and a person with only hope has no substance. And if you can understand those two examples I just gave, uh, you, you know how you felt in those situations. And that's the difference between uh, faith and hope. Um, here, here's another. Can I give you another example? Here's another example. Um, you purchase a lottery ticket. Okay, now I don't, I don't play the lottery, but let's say you go purchase a lottery ticket, you buy the ticket, and you have the number in front of you, and you read the number, and at that moment you're in hope. Well, I really hope I win the jackpot, but I probably won't because uh, the chances are slim, but I really hope I do. I'd be happy if I do, but I probably won't. So you hold on to the number, the ticket, because you could win. Now let's say the next day, now the evening comes, you're watching the 6 o'clock news, and they read your number off. Suddenly, say suddenly, suddenly. I mean, you start dancing. You're like, woo, I won the lottery. You start calling your friends. You start calling all your neighbors. You're saying, I won the lottery. And they'll say, how do you know? You say, I have evidence. They say, what is the evidence? What's your assurance? I have a ticket that says I have the same number that was just read off. You haven't yet received the jackpot, but you have faith in the evidence, which is the ticket. How many know we have faith in the word of God because if God said it, he's got to do it. That's one, that's one horn. I want to hear a couple more. Come on, come on. So, so Jesus said, if you're going to be part of the kingdom of God, you've got to become like little children. And children are, are, they just have faith in daddy and they have faith in mommy. And I've learned when you tell your kids you're going to do something, you should do it because they, they have that trust. And, you know, a few weeks ago, it was my month ago now, it was my son's birthday and he wanted this scooter. And so I say, I want this scooter, daddy, I want this scooter. And I'm like looking at the price of the scooter and I'm like, my goodness, I don't want to buy the scooter. And so there was a, there's a whole long story with the scooter. But three days of, Daddy, I really want that scooter. And so one morning I said, Son, I ordered the scooter. It won't be here till December 2nd. Well, you know, because Amazon, you know, I, and I tried to call Amazon. They said, well, due to COVID, we are short on work staff. So if you have ordered a parcel... When it comes in, just send it back and you'll get your money back. I'm thinking, okay, December 2nd, one month, two months, seven months, they've taken money off my... So I was a little disturbed about that. Um, so I ordered another scooter from another company and now... Uh, so that's a long story. But anyway, the, the, I, t I ordered you your scooter. And at the moment I told him that, he began to do the dance. How many know the dance? 
you know, I can't do it. It's like, woo, you know, like, it's, I got a scooter. And he was telling people, and I was like, you don't have it yet. He goes, yeah, but daddy said he ordered it. So it's already mine. And, and we have to be like that with God. We got to read the scripture with new eyes and say, God, you said, by your stripes, I'm healed. So thank you, God, I'm healed. I don't care how I feel. If you made a promise, it's on order. And it's coming. How many hear what I'm saying? But so many times we get moved by how we, uh, we feel. You know, there's this guy. He's a politician. He got in a car accident. He died. And he went to heaven. And St. Peter met him at the gate. He said, well, we don't have a lot of high official politicians get up here. So uh, not sure what we're supposed to do. You made it this far. So um, what we're going to do is we're going to send you to hell for one day. And then we'll send you to heaven for one day. And then you can choose which place you like better. The politician said, that sounds like a plan. So goes down the elevator to hell. He gets out. Satan meets him. All his politician buddies and people he knew from the past are all there. And it's a beautiful green golf course. And this is awesome. He plays golf with his buddies, with his, these politicians and leaders. And he's like, this is great. They have a, a, a lobster dinner at the end. He's really excited. And then he comes back up. Peter says, now you can spend a day in heaven. He spends a day in heaven and he plays his harp and he hangs out with the apostles and he's having a great time. And at the end of it all, St. Peter says, where do you want to go, heaven or hell? He said, well, I think uh, heaven is awesome, but hell's pretty good too. So I'll go to hell. So he got in the elevator, came down, the door opened, and it was a, just a wasteland and everyone was starving and it was like it was death. And he said to the devil, what happened to the golf course and the lobster? He said, well, yesterday we were campaigning. Today you voted. Okay, I thought it was funny. All right. So <laughs> anyway, let's move on. So here, here's the thing. God wants us to be in faith. He wants to have faith like a little child. Come, come and just believe that he is who he says he is. And... Um, you know, we can also have a, a good exam, example of hope is we can have hope, for example, that Jesus will come back today. Okay? We can have hope. Say, like, I really hope you come back today. But you can't have faith that Jesus will come back today. Why? Because there's no promise attached to his coming concerning timing. So we can have faith that Jesus is coming back, but we... we, we you know, we, we can have faith that he's coming back, but we can't have faith that he's coming back today because Jesus said, no man knows the day or the hour, only my father in heaven. Amen. And so the scripture becomes our guide to what we can believe God. We need a promise from God. And once we get that promise, if we have faith like a child, we'll get our breakthrough. How many hear what I'm saying? So God, God promises us, he says, I promise you healing and health, but he doesn't anywhere in scripture say it's going to happen instantaneously. So when it doesn't happen immediately, guess what happens to most of us? We give up. We think, I guess God didn't want to bless me. And um, I think that's very important. I'm going to have Marilyn come out. She's going to tell you a really neat testimony. Um, I'm going to come down here, Marilyn, and I want her to share a testimony with you. All right. Come on up, Marilyn. Do I have another mic there in the box? Or give me a mic. 
just going to be switch, switching this out. Hey. Hi, everybody. Hey. <laughs> nice to see everybody out this morning. Pastor was talking to me the other day on the telephone, okay, and uh, sharing some things, and this, this uh, testimony came to mind, and I shared it with him, uh, of a lady who went to church, and she had a, a huge later on her neck and she would go into church every Sunday and when they would have a time of sharing she'd stand up and say Jesus has healed me he, he told me in the scriptures I was healed so I'm healed of this of this condition and this went on from Sunday after Sunday after Sunday until finally, some of the leadership, and I know our leadership wouldn't do this, but they, they nailed the pastor outside the church as he was greeting people. And they said, Pastor, you've got to talk to that lady. And you've got to tell her to stop sharing because she's bringing a lot of confusion in the church. And he said, yeah, I know, I know. So he, he went into the foyer as, where there was a whole bunch of people and he kind of was looking for her and she was in the middle of all these people. And when he got to her, the goiter that was the size of a melon was gone. And he, <laughs> sa he said, hold it, hold it. <laughs> he said, what happened? What happened to you? She said, I've been telling you every Sunday, by his stripes, I am healed. Today, by his stripes, we are healed. Do you believe it, church? Amen. Do you believe it? Come on. Amen. That's good. And so uh, this woman had faith like a child, and she just chose to believe that she had already received what was paid for. And it manifested. I've seen that in my life. And uh, I know some of you have seen that as well in your life. And God wants us to be like that. He wants us to be people of faith. And, and so it says this in, in, in James chapter 1 there. I think it's verse 5. If anyone lacks wisdom. This is the most underutilized scripture in the New Testament. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him or her ask of God who gives liberally and without reproach. And it will, doesn't say it might, it will be given him, right? But let him ask in faith without doubting. For a man who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. And it says, don't suspect that that person will receive anything from God for he's double-minded in all his ways. And I want to say this is that um, nowhere in scripture does it say that we need to have hope when we pray. And so many times I caught myself, and I maybe some of you too, when we pray and ask God, we say, you know, I'm praying and hoping for change. Well, God says, anyone praying, believing, anything you ask for, believing, you shall receive. 
I'm going to say that again. Anything you ask for believing, you shall receive. Not hoping, but believing. And I really believe that we're moving into a season where God wants us to, to, um, to become like little children. And have a faith like never before. Can I hear amen? Amen. You know, when we talk about faith, a lot of people think that, you know, people that talk about faith all the time, it's just about what they can get from God. God, They're just using God as a vending machine. I want to say this. You have to have faith to be obedient. It's not just about getting things from God. It's about obedience. And I love this scripture here. And we're going to close in just a second. It says here in Hebrews chapter 11, 7. By faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen. Faith always has to do with the now. Hope has to do with the future. And faith, what happened was Noah was being divinely warned where he was going. You know, isn't that our life? We follow Jesus. And we have no idea where we're going. And we really shouldn't care because we know who we're following. Amen. And it, it doesn't matter where I go. I know who I'm following. And this is where Abraham was. Listen, I don't know where God's taking me. I don't know what my future looks like. But I know who I'm following. And wherever he goes, I want to go. And you know what? You can look at that and say, my life can be an adventure. And I can have an adventure in God. Because I don't know where I'm going, but I know who I'm following. Amen? Amen. You know, Jesus said that, um, I I want you to get this, and then I'm going to close. If you could get into a DeLorean or a phone booth, you think of the time-traveling movies, I could get into a whole, I won't say a hot tub because I never saw that movie and I don't want to see it. But you get in a time machine and you go back into the past and you ended up in Jerusalem in the time of Jesus. The scripture says he went about doing good and healing all, say all, who were oppressed of the devil. And we read it through the gospels that Jesus healed them all. Jesus cast out the devils. Jesus cared for everybody. And so if you could travel back in that time, you need to realize that you would have been the ones getting healed. If you have any infirmity, he would have healed you. And the good news is Jesus is the same. Say it with me. Yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. So I'm going to close with this. Father, I thank you for your people. God, I thank you for, I'm going to ask the worship team to just come up behind me here. And so I thank you, Father, for your people. God, I ask you uh, to, to challenge us, Lord. Um, to to continue to, to come like little children, to make a decision to be like little kids and say, God, if you said it, I believe it. And I'm going to start rejoicing even before I see the manifestation of that which I'm believing for because you're a good, good father. Thank you, Father, for being so good. Thank you for caring for us. If you're in this place and you don't know Jesus... You don't know if you were to die. You'd go to be with the Lord. The Bible says if we call upon the name of the Lord, we will be saved. He died on the cross. And the Bible says he took his he took our sin upon himself on the cross so that we could be forgiven. He took our sicknesses upon himself so that we could be healed.
And if you're in this place and you don't know Jesus or you're listening online, I would really like you to pray this prayer with me and just call out on the name of the Lord. You can say, God, thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins. I'm coming like a little child. I'm not coming from just the head. I'm coming from the heart. I, I want to know you. And I'm asking you to make yourself real. And I know this is hard to follow me with this prayer because I'm going on, but say this. Say, Heavenly Father, come into my heart. Send your spirit to live in me. Thank you for Jesus. I want you to be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. The Bible says if you call on the name of the Lord, you might be saved. No, it doesn't say that. It says you shall be saved. If you have any sickness in your body right now, I want you to put your hands wherever it is. I'm going to pray a prayer of healing over you. The early church, they never really prayed much for healing unless you came to the elders. They, what they did was they said, silver and gold, I don't have, but what I have, I give thee in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. It's the name of Jesus, they said. Is, is it, it was the name of Jesus that gave them the authority over sickness. So right now, I speak the name of Jesus over every body part. I declare that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, healing flows right now in every single body. I pray and I take authority over depression. I take authority over fear. I take authority over arthritis. I take authority over heart condition. I take authority over cancers. I take authority over all sickness in the name of Jesus. Inflammation of the knees, pain in the ankles, whatever it is, just you just begin to receive it right, right now. Father, we declare healing in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And I thank you, God, that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is rising up from within each person and killing the sickness in Jesus' name. Now, what I want you to do with me is I want you just to rejoice and say, thank you, Father, for my scooter. No, don't, don't say that. Say, thank you, Jesus, for my healing. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. Do you believe he's good? Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.